Cherry Hill Volvo, we have absolutely incredible offers and a plethora of both new and certified Volvos from which to choose. We are eager to offer amazingly competitive prices, plus an additional $1,000 Costco discount on all new Cherry Hill Volvos. When leasing or purchasing a new or certified Cherry Hill Volvo, you become a valued part of our team. Join Cherry Hill Volvo for the pricing and attention you deserve. I am Judith Krepnick, president of Cherry Hill Volvo. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. All right, we'll be back. And yeah. WPHT HD WOGL HD3 Philadelphia. From the Cherry Hill Volvo Studios, where relationships matter. Always live on the free Odyssey app. The revolution will be broadcast. Yes. This is the next generation of talk. Now, on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT, Rich Zioli. All right, so as we uh, continue along here, we're excited for the Phils. Obviously, we do have to talk a lot about what's going on in our own region politically. Here to chat about, pout it with me, Guy Shiraki is fellow at the Commonwealth Foundation and a columnist at Broad and Liberty and also Rear Clear Pennsylvania. Hey, Guy, how are you, bud? Good, doing well, Rich. Good afternoon. If you want, we can get Dan, Dan and Anthony back on. Uh, you know, the the not so quiet secret is that I'm just as happy talking baseball as I am politics. Yeah, well, I, the, the the well-known secret is that I don't know a damn thing about sports, as you know, so I no, have to limit that. No, but contractually, no, I'm limited to only five minutes of sports talk per hour, per, per hour. But that's... <laughs> so... <laughs> We'll, we'll do this. We'll do this interview in memory of Alec Bohm's short career as a pitcher. <laughs> Fair enough. I earned that. I saw that one coming. All right. Now, well, what do you think? Should we be greasing the polls tonight? Are we winning this tonight, or what? We would. Um, back in 1980, yikes! I just quoted 1980. Back in 1980, I celebrated the Phillies' win over the Astros to make the World Series. By driving my mom's cutlass around and honking the horn so much, I finally broke and wore out a horn, which I didn't know you could do. So grease the poles, climb the poles, have fun. These things don't happen a lot. Grease the poles. Uh, I love it. I love it. All right. So good. Let me ask you another question, too, while, while we're on the subject of uh, of of the, the suburbs, because that's really the thing. You wrote a piece at Broad and Liberty or Real Clear Politics PA, I should say. It's time for suburban Democrats to prove they're moderates. And we've we've had this chat a long time, you and I, Guy, which is the Democrat Party today. It's a party of lefty uh, kook nutbags. But people are, you know, they, around here in our area, they try to say, oh, I'm a different kind of a Democrat. I'm a moderate. I'm a moderate. I'm an, I'm, I'm an Ed Rendell Democrat. I'm not like these people. So how do they prove that? How do they prove it? That's actually true. Well, uh I think it's by starting with some of the things I raised in the column. Uh, the reality is, as I mentioned, uh, it started over 20 years ago in the suburbs, certainly in the Pennsylvania suburbs, where I said there was the rise of the Republican butt party. You had to say you're a Republican, but 
quickly clarify and throw out some uh, description that saved you from being from getting sort of the stink eye because the suburbs went from being overwhelmingly Republican to Republican ish to you had to apologize for being Republican to today. And so I'm suggesting Democrats actually, uh, you know, the ones that say they're moderate actually do something about it, because a lot of the suburban Democrats, including my own member of Congress, do things like talk about being bipartisan. They join the Problem Solvers Caucus. They get their pictures taken with other Republicans and they virtue signal. The problem is they've been virtue signaling their bipartisanship by getting their pictures taken or joining clubs or being seen at the right events. And yet they vote the same way. The members of the suburbs, the Democratic members of the Pennsylvania suburbs in Congress voted 100 percent of the time with Nancy Pelosi, 100 percent of the time for Joe Biden. So they're really not much different than AOC and Tlaib and the others. The fact that they're polite and they go to chamber events and say nice things to me doesn't really matter, because at the end of the day, if you vote as a left wing Democrat, if you support left wing Democrat ideas, if you support defunding the police, if you support keeping the border open, if you're silent while uh, our, our schools become places to indoctrinate instead of educate, you're really not a moderate. So I think we begin and I laid out some questions in the article, things we can start asking our Democratic friends. They're not confrontational. We don't have to yell at them, call them names. Just ask them questions. I know you're a Democrat, but do you really think the border should be wide open? I know you're a Democrat, but do you really think schools should keep secrets from parents? Let's just ask the questions and let them prove they're moderate by actually saying things that are mainstream, normal, common sense. Yeah, exactly right. I think that that's true. Mainstream common sense. And today's the last day to register to vote in Pennsylvania, Guy, as you know. Uh, and this is important, too, because we have some key elections coming up for judge. I mean, Pennsylvania Supreme Court in particular. But it's really an important point that you make, and that is this. Most people who are reasonable people, for example, don't want their kids at age five learning what a vulva is. You know what I mean? Like they just they don't want these things. So do you do you do you stand with common sense? Do you stand with that or do you stand with nutbaggery? It's very simple. It's just a very simple question. It is a very simple question and we shouldn't be afraid to ask it. And they don't have to be confrontational. These are very matter of fact. Uh, questions. Look, the reality is whether, whether, you know, despite despite my best wishes, the suburbs are now largely run by Democrats. Ninety percent of the state legislators, all the members of Congress are Democrats. The courthouses are run by Democrats. They've had the opportunity to govern. And you and I've talked about the utter failure here in Chester County in terms of the way they approach criminal justice. And we're seeing those problems in Delaware County and we're seeing all sorts of issues in Bucks County in, ter- in terms of ethics and integrity. What happens when one party totally takes over and is not held accountable? They, they govern like left-wing Democrats, and they no longer do things that are common sense. So we should start asking. Uh, you know, Chrissy Houlihan and others belong to the Problem Solvers Caucus and get their pictures taken in newsletters with, with Republicans and go to these events. The suggestion for my friends at, at, you know, at my former chamber and others is just start asking basic questions. I know you're a Democrat, but I saw some Democrats supported the riots in Philadelphia major cities and supported the demonstrations waving Hamas flags and terrorist flags. You're not one of them, are you? Tell me, please. Our border's wide open. The State Department has just said that terrorists have likely come over our border. 
you know it's time to seal the border and start sending these people out who are here to do us harm, right? I mean, Rich, these these are things we should be able to say. You should be able to say this bumping into somebody, uh, you know, at, at Target. You should be able to say this to somebody at the Acme. Uh, these are not controversial statements. The border's wide open. Millions of people are here. We don't know who they are. We should stop this. Uh, you know, this whole bit about keeping secrets from parents in school. Uh, I honestly thought you'd get fired if you kept a secret from a parent about a child's safety welfare. I honestly thought that if a teacher talked to a child about who they went home and slept with on the weekends, those things were fireable. So those are things that nine out of 10 of us think are mainstream common sense. Most of the Democrats have left their senses and don't think that. So let's start asking them. And here's where I look at it is if they give crazy answers, it's another reason to kick them out of office. If they actually stand up and show their moderates, maybe we'll begin to restore some common sense. To me, it's something that has to happen because we can't just let, look, here's the thing. Here's the bottom line. AOC tells you she's nuts. Bernie Sanders tells you he's a socialist. The folks in the suburbs are playing a game. They give us the talk at the chamber events, and then they vote and support the things that are wacky. I'm just asking them to actually do what they're promising us or get out of the way. Yeah, I agree with you, but I also think there's another question we have to ask them, which is, uh, do you do you agree with all the anti-Semitism we're seeing in the Democrat Party today? Because you notice how the White House has not condemned that. You have these 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 nutbags like Ilan Omar, Rashida Tlaib, AOC, these other squatties. Even as of today, even as of today, Rashida Tlaib is still unwilling to condemn Hamas, even today. So do you condemn anti-Semitism? It doesn't mean you want World War Three, and it doesn't mean that you're hoping that, uh, you know, that, that America is involved now in war but do you condemn anti-semitism yes or no right i mean as many others have put out as you've talked about on your show and others have talked about on your show and in other venues look how would we have felt if israel issued a statement on september 12 2001 saying we feel really bad for you in the united states but hope you show restraint in going after the people who blew up moms and dads when they went to work what did we say to Britain during World War II? We know we really, you guys are really upset what the Germans are doing to your cities and that you have to live underground. But please show restraint when you fight back. I mean, it's insane. It's idiotic. And if it's not anti-Semitism, it's stupidity. I think it's anti-Semitism and stupidity. But the idea of telling people that just watch their children have their heads cut off and their daughters raped and thrown out into the street like garbage to say, please behave and restrain yourself and going to find the people who terrorized your children and are currently holding them hostage. That's anti-Semitic or stupid. I, I think it's both. But the idea that the Democratic Party has tolerated that. Look, you and I know it. the other side has played that game for 40 years. Some goofball county clerk in Kentucky says something silly about women and every Republican in America has to say, I'm not like the silly county clerk right, in uh, right. goofball Kentucky. This is just asking members of Congress. You sit two seats away from Rashida Tlaib on the floor of the House. You caucus with her. You go to events with her. You go to fundraisers that support both of you. You have to recognize that what she's saying is racist and harmful. Tell us you understand that. Not a lot to ask Chrissy Houlihan or Madeline Dean or Mary Gay Scanlon. Could you please at least admit that she is crazy, racist and bigoted and you don't stand with her? How hard is that to do? How hard is that to do? And so I think their silence speaks volumes. And I think we have to continue to ask these questions. Their party is standing on the side of terrorism, asking the good guys to stand down. Not only lift our voices in support, 
of fairness and justice and human decency. But we should expect our Democratic neighbors, particularly the ones who say that they're moderates, to act like it. I've yet to see any evidence. I've been living under this now for a decade in Chester County, being told my Democrats are totally different. Rich, I tried. I tried through the pandemic with these folks. I did Zoom calls with them. I did town halls with them. When I asked them to help me try and get our businesses open, they were silent. Now, now that's just that was the beginning. That was the tip of the iceberg. Now it's expanded in what they're doing to our schools, what they're doing to our border, what they're doing in terms of anti-Semitism. If, if I'm wrong, all they have to do is come forward and answer some basic common sense questions and tell us they're not crazy. All right. Listen, Guy Shiraki, before I let you go, I got to ask you another question. How important is this Pennsylvania Supreme Court race? And uh, tell us about Judge Carolyn Carluccio. I know you know her. I think she'd be great. I think she should she should definitely win. Um, but people may not realize how important this race is to Pennsylvania. Why a Supreme Court? I mean, I know, you know, you know, the crap that they pulled in 2020, the Pennsylvania Supreme Court, yeah. changing the time, the matter and the place of the election. But there's a lot of other issues besides just election integrity that we got to think about that might come before the pennsylvania supreme court including issues involving crime for example so tell us about her and why everybody should support her you should support her for a few reasons first and foremost the pennsylvania supreme court is five democrats and two republicans i hate to talk about the world and judges in terms of party but it's a reality if we can elect carolyn the court goes to four to three Bodies of government that are four to three operate very differently than those that are five to two. In four to three, you have dialogue, you build consensus. In five to two, you run over the other side. Why do we care if they run over the other side? Because if they run over the other side, they change election rules. They say that ballots that have to be signed don't have to be signed. They say that ballots that have to be dated don't have to be dated. They create emergencies and say that we can have drop-off boxes that stands nowhere in statute. Today is three years later. We still have drop off boxes because apparently there was an emergency. That's why in terms of criminal justice, these men and women on the court will decide what happens in death penalty cases and murder cases. If we think that in Philadelphia, Larry Krasner has gone too easy or gone after a police officer too hard. The Supreme Court is the backstop. They're the umpire. So it's very basic. If you believe in law and order. If you believe in criminal justice, in a criminal justice system that's supposed to keep the bad guys away from the good guys, if you think so, elections ought to be conducted according to the law, not the whim of judges acting like a super legislature, you need Carolyn. Let me tell you about Carolyn. She is bright. She's articulate. She comes from a family that's been based in Montgomery County for years. They're small business people. Carolyn went to law school, worked hard, was elected president judge. Rich, you and your listeners know to be a Republican that was elected by her peers to be president judge of Montgomery County when there are way more Democratic judges than Republican tells you that everybody thinks she's a straight shooter, capable and articulate and has leadership skills. So law and justice is on the ballot. Criminal justice is on the ballot. The rule of law on the ballot. And the Republicans have done something we don't always do. We've elected and nominated an excellent candidate of integrity and intelligence. She is running hard from Erie to South Philly. It is vitally important. If for no other reason, if you're not motivated by to protect your schools, which you should be, if you're not motivated for other issues, please go to the polls. If you're not going to get to the polls, get a mail-in ballot. She is worth the vote. She is worth the effort. And putting balance in the Supreme Court will impact us for the next decade. If Carolyn doesn't win, the Republicans don't get a shot at a majority till 2035. Let's put some balance and common sense. There's a, we have a wonderful candidate 
real issues that impact our families are on the line here. She deserves not only your vote, but she deserves our help and support. Getting Carolyn Coluccio on the Supreme Court is the most important thing we can do this fall. All right, Guy Shiraki, thanks, my friend, fellow at the Commonwealth Foundation and Broad and Liberty, as well as Real Clear Pennsylvania. We'll talk to you soon. Go Phils. Go Phils. Thanks, Rich. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. The Zioli Show on your schedule from Talk Radio 1210 WPHT in the free Odyssey app. All right, I can't play all the entire song of this. Welcome back to the show. Glad you're here today. 855-839-1210 on Twitter at Rich Zioli. Big show still to come today. And uh, obviously first pitch, 5.07 p.m. tonight. So we'll be all over that for you. Uh, and uh, yeah, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll get this going. Look, I am... You know, I'm I'm really concerned uh, about the way you've got certain people out there who are banging the drums of war on both sides of the political aisle here. And I'm particularly concerned because it seems like our enemies don't fear us right now, which is, in my opinion, the only way to keep crazy people in check. The only way to keep crazy people in check is to make crazy people think that it will not be it will not end well for them. So just stay in your crazy lane. There are nine Republicans who are right now vying for Speaker of the House. There are nine of them. And apparently House Republicans are going to hold a closed-door meeting tonight to chat about it. Representative Byron Donalds is one of those guys. Byron Donalds has said if he becomes Speaker, he will release every minute of the January 6th footage. All of it. He's going to let it all come out. And he's not going to hold back. We've been 20 days in Congress now without a Speaker. I, I personally, it doesn't worry me. You know what I mean? It, it doesn't worry me that we don't have a speaker yet. Um, I, but what worries me, though, is the fact that I'm, I think the Republicans are going to wind up rallying around um, a moderate again. So you've got Byron Donald's in the race. It would be great. But Tom, Tom Emmer has Kevin McCarthy's backing for speaker. And I guess the real question is, does anyone care who Kevin McCarthy backs? Does it even matter? I don't know. But this is what Kevin McCarthy said about Tom Emmer, why he likes Tom Emmer for Speaker of the House of Representatives. Cut number 11. We need someone who understands how to do this job. I believe Tom Emmer, our whip, he's been in the room with all of our successes from our bills to secure the border, from Parents' Bill of Rights, from cutting $2 trillion, getting work requirements. He knows how to do the job across the street at the same time, helping us win the majority. He's, he sets himself head and shoulders above all those others who want to run. We need to get him elected this week and move on and bring this not just party together, but focus on what this country needs most. Let's talk about Tom Emmer. Obviously, you had Steve Scalise, you had Jim Jordan, who couldn't get enough votes. Do you think 
Tom Emmer will actually be able to get enough votes to be speaker? Because all of my reporting suggests it's an uphill battle. I do. Um, I believe it's going to be an uphill battle. But if you simply look at what's the chaos right now, a wide open southern border. I'm concerned about a cell sitting inside America today. We just caught 18 people just last month on the FBI terrorist watch list coming across our border. More than 160 have done it this year, a record breaking. When we're looking around the Middle East and the uprisings popping up around Europe and others, they could be sleeper cells right now in America, but this administration hasn't done nothing to change what's happening on the southern border. We got government funding where our troops wouldn't be paid sitting here in a month. Tom Emmer has been a part of our successes from not just winning the majority, but being in the room to help us pass a border security bill, to make us energy independent, parents' bill of rights, to stand up when the Democrats wanted to defund the police and decriminalize so many of those laws. And he has been successful. Yeah. He, this is not a time for a learning experience as Speaker. Tom would be able to walk into the job and do it on day. But Mr. Speaker. Well, look, you know, I, I, at this point, I think it'd be it'd be great to get somebody in there who's a conservative. I would rather wait and get a conservative than rush and get another Washington Monument. I'm not saying Tom Emmer is. I'm just saying I don't know enough about the guy at this point. But I want to hear what these guys want to do when it comes to these up or down votes on funding. To, to me, in my opinion, that's the most important thing at this point. It's the most important thing. Is these up or down votes? You cannot have a situation where you've got constantly, and we see this constantly, where you've got these guys who are out there allowing these votes to go through on funding Israel and and uh, Ukraine at the exact same time. Kevin McCarthy did that. Kevin McCarthy put it in the continuing resolution. That's the problem. So for for my money, it's the the, the question is very simple. Simple question to ask you. Up or down votes? Yes or no? You go with that? Up or down votes so that we don't have these massive, these massive, massive funding bills that people will be accountable for who they vote for when it comes to supporting Ukraine, who they people will be accountable to their constituents when it comes to support for Israel. And we're not going to do them together, despite what the White House keeps saying, despite the nonsense that comes out of the White House comparing Putin to Hamas. We're not going to do these things together. We're going to separate them and we're going to have debates over them and we're going to have legitimate reasons for that, which are going to be very, very clear to all the constituents who are listening so that everybody knows. Everybody knows. And if you do that, then you'll go a long way towards getting my support. You're getting a long way towards getting my support. But remember, the most Republicans want to hide under these massive spending bills. The dirty little secret here, as they say, in Washington, is that these guys want to be able to hide. And these massive spending bills give them the ability to hide so that they don't have to worry about it. They can turn around and they can go home and say, oh, you know what I mean? I just uh, didn't want to vote for this, but I had to to keep the government working. Had to do it. Here are some of the Republicans running for Speaker of the House, according to the New York Slimes. The lawmakers vying for the job include veterans of the House, committee chairman, and a top member of Republican leadership, and also a sophomore. Some of these members of Congress. Tom Emmer of Minnesota, who's the guy right now who was just endorsed by Jim Jordan. He's from Minnesota. Uh, Excuse me, not endorsed by Jim Jordan, endorsed by McCarthy. He is the whip. His job is to count the votes. He's considered among the front runners right now. 
But far-right Republican activists, I love how the New York Times phrases that, far-right Republican activists have accused Mr. Emmer of being insufficiently supportive of former President Donald J. Trump. And some moderates in the conference were privately unhappy that he did not back an effort to temporarily empower the acting speaker representative Patrick T. McHenry of North Carolina. A former college ice hockey player and coach, Emmer has allies among both the conservative and the establishment wings of the party. He served two terms as chairman of the National Republican Congressional Committee, helping Republican candidates across the country win elections and making inroads across the conference in the process. Well, that's a big that's a that's a big deal for him. I'll tell you right now. Helping guys raise money, helping people get elected means that people might owe him a lot of favors. Then there's this Austin Scott of Georgia. He was a surprise candidate last week, and he's the reason why Jim Jordan lost. It was he took votes away from Jim Jordan. And he's expressed outrage at the far-right rebels and denounced them as nothing more than grifters. So in my mind, this guy is out. Don't even, don't even give this guy a chance. Austin Scott of Georgia. Goodbye. Byron Donalds of Florida. B-Dog. A member of the ultra-conservative House Freedom Caucus, again, this is the New York Times writing this, is a favorite of the party's right wing. This is only his second term in Congress. He won his Naples-based district in 2020. He's a native New Yorker. His mom still lives there. I told you I met his mom when I was up there doing Fox News Saturday night with Jimmy Fallon, and his mom's terrific. It's terrific. So far, in my opinion, Byron Donalds would be an outstanding choice. And how great for Republicans, too. To have a guy like that who's willing, who's great on television and great to go out there and fight and not afraid. He's in a safe district. He can he can do what he needs to do without having to worry about a primary challenge from I shouldn't say a primary challenge, general election challenge. He can he can he can be a fighter and not have to worry about it. And he's not gonna play the games and, and, and try to do what the Democrats want. He's he'll take the slings and arrows for everybody else. He'll do that. He'll do that. He'll take the slings and the and the arrows. Now, this guy, um, Kevin Hearn of Oklahoma, he's not a bad guy, chairman of the Republican Study Committee. Now, the Republican Study Committee, in my mind, is probably even more conservative than the House Freedom Caucus. Because unfortunately, over the years, the House Freedom Caucus has had some people on there that are a little too gung-ho on, on war. A little too gung-ho on giving the Pentagon every single nickel that it wants and, and a little too gung-ho on the surveillance stuff, the government surveillance. And, uh, so over the years... In addition to the House Freedom Caucus, there's been the House Liberty Caucus, which Massey's a part of, and then there's been the Republican Study Committee. And the Study Committee, which advances conservative ideology. Now, my old boss years ago, Scott Garrett, was part of the Republican Study Committee. And people who have been on that committee tend to be very, uh, very conservative. But again, the, the problem is right now with the Republican Study Committee is the, mo- the moderates hate these guys so much that I don't know if they would turn around and, and, and back somebody from that committee. And it seems like the moderates right now are, are in charge. Then you have the Freedom Caucus. You have Gary Palmer of Alabama. Again, good dude. He's a member of the Freedom Caucus. Keeps a lower profile than many of his deeply conservative counterparts. As a former member of McCarthy's leadership team who then backed Jordan's candidacy for speaker, he could try to present himself as a unifying force between the party's factions. And Jordan likes him a lot. Gary Palmer of Alabama, Jordan likes him, uh, so that's good. Jack Bergman of Michigan, he's a retired Marine Corps Lieutenant General, and he is a uh, highly decorated naval aviator. They say he would steady the ship and return normalcy to the house. We, we don't need normalcy. We need, we need a fighter. 
and no offense, but he's he's 76 years old, and I'm not trying to knock the guy's age, but I, you know, it'd be nice to get a guy in there who could be speaker for, you know, fight, be young, not look to make things normal. I, I don't want normalcy. I want a fighter. I want a fighter. Mike Johnson of Louisiana is another one of those fighters, former chairman of the conservative Republican Study Committee. He's an evangelical Christian, member of the Judiciary Committee, and he was a key architect of the Republican objections to certifying the victory of Joe Biden. And he backed Jim Jim Jordan. He's an he's an avid supporter of Jim Jordan. He's a he's a big friend of Jim Jordan's as well. Pete Sessions of Texas. <clears throat> Pete Sessions of Texas would be one of the guys who, in my mind, would turn around, and he would be absolutely fine with giving these continuing resolutions and giving Republicans cover under their continuing resolutions. So. He was uh, buddies with uh, with Jeff Sessions. I'm sorry, this this guy Sessions. I'm sorry, was was buddies with Mike uh, Pompeo, and he participated in a 2019 campaign by Trump allies targeting Marie Yavanovich, the ambassador to Ukraine, writing to the Secretary of State Mike Pompeo at the time that she should be fired for repeatedly expressing disdain for the Trump administration. And you have Dan Muser of Pennsylvania, who told National Review he was considering running for speaker because I'm not going to let this kindergarten continue. Okay. All right. Let me take a quick break. We'll come back. We have our guest, Jennifer Stefano, is going to join us. We're going to talk about schools and how crazy they are. Don't go away. Thanks for listening to the Seoli Show podcast from Talk Radio 1210 WPHD and the Odyssey app. All right, we got to talk about a lot of things tonight. Big day, Phillies are 5.07, so I know that Jennifer Stefano wants to get on with this interview so she can get on with the game. Jennifer, I don't blame you because everybody right now at 5.07 is going to be turning on the television but still keeping the show on in the background, which is key, don't you think? Nobody would ever not listen to you because they could possibly jinx the fills, and we cannot jinx the fills. So they got to keep you on in the background. we got to turn on the game and right. say, go fills, because tonight's right. our night. Tonight's our night. It's, it's all going to be good tonight. <laughs> tonight is our night. Tonight is our night, no doubt. Um, how, how do you want me to introduce you? Because I know it always depends on what we're talking about. So wh- why don't you introduce yourself to me right now? Yeah, I'm Jennifer Stefano. I'm a columnist with the Philadelphia Inquirer. So the executive vice president at the Commonwealth Foundation. But right, I'm, See, that was the part I didn't you know, know if I could say, so... Yeah, I mean, look, if you don't want to mention the Commonwealth Foundation, I can just say she's a columnist at Philadelphia Inquirer, wrote a, wrote a story on... Um, no, I don't mind at all. It's just I know that uh, the Inquirer and, you know, when we've done Fox News together, this is really just a way to plug the fact that we've been on Fox News together so many times. You know, we always have to make sure we get our titles correct. And, you know, you're a big deal. So just got to make sure I get it right, yeah. you know. You're the big deal. I just like going all with you. And can so. I say hi to your mom? I hope she's listening right now. My mom loves you. She, you are like, this is what she cares about. She wanted Good. to say hello to you. She's very handsome. She listens to you every day. <laughs> well, tell her I'm a big fan of her daughter, and she knows that. And your latest piece, Jewish Daughters and Allies Letters to Penn, exposed the moral rot in American higher education. And uh, what you write here, Jennifer Stefano, the only surprising thing about these donors' actions is that they seem genuinely surprised that anti-Semitism and anti-Western values have been normalized at America's most elite institutions. That's right. I, I was, that's the only thing that surprised me about um, these donors pulling their money. And I remind people, it is not just Jewish donors pulling their money. It's Jewish donors and others 
different different races, different religions, pulling their money because of what I would call the moral rot in higher ed. And um, what's surprising to me is that uh, this has been missed. They should have asked the conservatives because conservatives have been saying for years that um, these colleges have totally lost their way. And the reason is because um, we have allowed Western civilization to not just be challenged. I, th- I think that's important. We want to be oh, that that is Western civilization, a liberal ideology like the capital L to bring in other ideas and hear them. But we didn't have to become that. You know, the university sort of imbibed the Marxist worldview. It, it hired all the professors. It hired people that were just inherently anti-Western civilization. And now we're totally surprised that we look at the world through the lens of oppressed versus oppressor, which is the Marxist worldview. And they, of course, categorize Jewish people in that particular oppressed oppressor narrative as the oppressors. And this is sort of complicated and heady, but not really, not really when you look at the fact that this has been happening for, I would say, decades, since the late 1980s. Yeah, it's it really is uh, amazing that this is all coming out in such a brazen way. And nobody should be surprised. I mean, even Bill Maher Friday night in his show was going on about how these colleges, he said, my advice to kids now is don't even go. Don't even bother going because they're just I mean, he's he's saying what we've been saying as conservatives for years. These are indoctrination camps here and the level of hatred, you know, the, the very same people that would have cuddle sessions for college kids who felt triggered by a professor on campus or a speaker on campus and would, would actively shut them down are the same ones now screaming about hatred and professors who are out there screaming about hatred and pro hate pro hamas pro hatred anti-israel hatred and they're out there doing these things and it's like at what we turn around and we go how did you guys not see this coming they were shutting down israeli student groups on college campuses jennifer they were doing that right under right in front of everybody and they were proud about it for example right and, and i think what what what's important to distinguish is this Universities host students, and students have various worldviews, okay? And these, but, but the university has to be really clear on what its morality and point of view is, okay? And what it does and does not bless, and its level of tolerance. Universities, even public ones, um, can say, hey, this is, this is extended too far. We're going to stop it. They shut, the University of Pennsylvania has shut down numerous conservative speakers. They, they shut down former representative Eric Cantor. They, they shut down conservative filmmaker Dinesh D'Souza. They shut down, um, they shut down um, a number. They shut down the head of ICE. They shut down the former head of the CIA. Wouldn't let any of these people come onto campus. But I find it remarkable that they're just so intolerant of all those people, but completely tolerant when just weeks before the attacks, they had the Palestinian Rights Festival, which included people like Pink Floyd's Robert Waters, who has repeatedly called for the destruction of Israel and Jewish people. Like, let's not kid ourselves. Anyone calling for the end of Israel is calling for harm to the Jewish people. There, yes. There's no two ways about it. I'm sorry, you can critique it all you want, that's fair. But like when you're saying it must be obliterated and destroyed, you're talking about the human beings that are Jewish that are there in that country. 
And Robert Waters not only did that, he not only parades around on stage in a Nazi costume to promote his pro-Palestinian blues, he desecrated an image of Anne Frank, and he's done numerous other anti-Semitic actions for decades, and they knew it. Everybody knows that about him. And Penn didn't feel there was any danger to Jewish students while they were hosting this type of individual and others, by the way, he's just the tip of the iceberg. And my argument is I'm all for free speech, but what do you morally believe? What do you, the university sanction? Do you bless this? Is this okay by you? It's one thing if you give it, you want to give it safe space, but like you clearly don't, you want to save space for other people and you will not call out anti-Semitism. You will not do anything to protect your Jewish students. You will not in any way. Where were the diversity, equity, and inclusion officers, Rich? Where were they? Oh, they must have had a day off. You know why? The Palestinian Rights Festival, I'm sure it was a coincidence, fell during the Jewish high holidays. Do you think they ever would do that for Juneteenth if these were, black, if these were anti, anti against black people, against Hispanic people? Do you ever think they would have allowed that? No, it's a great, it's a great analogy, and I mean, what you're talking about here would be like if it'd be like if the Klan were having rallies on college campuses and openly saying that you know black people don't deserve to have a home, black people don't deserve to live, and that black people need to, to right, right, yeah. I mean, it, it, like we're all for free speech, but we also have to call out right and wrong. I mean, it's one thing to let the absolutely the the the, the Nazis and Skokie march. It's another thing to promote that at a college and if you actually had nazis being promoted at a college if you had that you would say okay it it, it might be it, it might be freedom of speech to let them march but you have to be willing to condemn this as wrong it, it's like you know i mean it might be freedom of speech to have a a white supremacist rally in virginia where they're walking right. around with khakis and tiki torches but we all condemn that as wrong we condemn that as wrong we can so, condemn it and that's the, that's the point you know, if Penn wants to give a, a, a large swath, first of all, it should be consistent. Second of all, if you are allowing anti-Semitism on campus, which I disagree with wholeheartedly, uh, I would argue you should take a moral stand against it. If you, it's the same thing if I'm the mayor of a town. If the Ku Klux Klan or these, these, these anti-Semitic people want a permit to march under free speech in a public arena, you would have to give it to them. But as the mayor, when you give them the permit, you can still use your free speech right. to condemn it. Okay, so if Penn felt this was somehow, and I, I looked at the people brought into the Palestinian Rights Festival. Um, I, I look at these professors. The problem is the university has imbibed what I call the Marxist worldview. And the Marxist worldview is very simple. It, it, it breaks the world into to the oppressed and the oppressors. That that morality is distinguished by whether you're in the oppressed class or you're the oppressor class. And whatever, as opposed to what the Western tradition, which is the line of good and evil runs through every man and every woman and each individual's actions are good. There's no perfect system, no perfect way of being. But with Marxism and this Marxist ideology, which is totally anti-Western, it sees Western civilization as the oppressors. And guess who it puts at the top? Jewish people. So in the Marxist worldview, it, they don't care what happens to the so-called oppressors. And Hamas has the same worldview. They're anti-Western civilization. 
And they put, who do they put at the top? Jewish people as the quote-unquote oppressors. And they don't care what happens to them, right? So if you hurt, you see this justification for the violence in Israel saying, oh, it was the Israelis' fault. They got, no, 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 no. That's not appropriate morality. It was evil action by Hamas, who has called for the destruction of Israel and the annihilation of the Jews since their founding charter in 1987. Like, that is what they're calling for. It's in writing. They've never shied from it. No, no. The Islamic Republic of Iran, for example, is looking to also destroy other Muslims who they feel as if do not live up to their version of of Islam. Absolutely. Yeah, and, and you know, and I, for one, have been saying this for weeks now. It's not a surprise to me that all of this happened right before Saudi Arabia was going to recognize Israel. It's no it's no mm-hmm. coincidence here. And for whatever reason, but, it's like when we have deba- similar debates about national sovereignty. You know, nations have a right to do what they what they want to do, what they think is best for their nation. And I, and I support that. But, you know, the United States doesn't has not had that view when it comes to Iran. When Obama was president, we said, let's help them achieve a nuclear program. Let's give them money to achieve a nuclear program. And this administration is doing the same thing. I mean, it's, it's another. It's one thing to say, listen, sovereign nation, you you do you, we do we do us. But the United States has actively helped Iran with this idea that maybe they should have a nuclear enrichment program. For whatever reason, I can't seem to figure out because Iran wants to destroy Israel and also destroy other Arab countries. And then they don't want to stop there. They also want to destroy Christians, too. So they don't want to play at the big boy table. They don't want to sit down and break bread and be friends and hang out and be buddies. This is not a dispute over resources or a dispute over geography, Jennifer Stefano. This is a dispute over religion where they believe there's no compromise here. It's why they founded their nation. And yet the last... the, 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 pre, the administration, Obama's administration and this administration think helping them achieve that in, and, and, and then also defending them before the world and saying we have no evidence Iran was behind this. Well, yeah, but you, know, you also had no evidence Iran wasn't behind this. And yet you guys were very, very quick to come out there and say those things. No, I, I'm, I'm look, I, I totally agree. And, and I agree with something else that, that 85 percent of the people killed by these Islamo fascist terrorists like Hamas are Muslim. So they, they do kill people of the Muslim faith who they believe, I mean, they're the abomination, right? Hamas is the abomination. It's just like I say, like, with the Westboro Baptist Church, I'm a Christian, I have nothing to do with them. And I don't think they have right. anything to do with Christianity. But they call themselves Christian. And, you know, that's the deal. So I, I agree with you on that. And I think with groups like Hamas and, and Iran, they want to uh, 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 overlay a caliphate over Israel. And frankly, you know, that's, that's sort of their worldview. And, um, and, and yes, they have a special animus for Christians, but it always ends. Anytime there's an anti-Western, anti, you know, an attack on places like the United States and, and Western values in Israel, there is a special animus for Christians that always ends with that the absolute the look to seek to destroy Jewish people. And we saw, look, you saw this with the Third Reich. You saw this with, um, you see it now. And on college campuses, what you have are people that think they're virtuous because they're going to stand up to oppressors, you know, this whole Marxist ideology. Um, and they're allying with Hamas, which... If any of these groups on the left, like LGBTQ groups, women's groups, Hamas would never bless that. Hamas would never allow 
that in Iran. You do not get LGBTQ issues addressed. They, they, they are killed. People are killed. So this is a very bizarre allyship happening on college campuses. And what I see it as is just this anti-Western, and, 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 and they lump in Jewish people with it, anti-Israel, anti-Semitic approach that has unlikely allies and bedfellows. And I feel bad. A lot of our Jewish brothers and sisters are very liberal, and they've been very good allies to the LGBTQ community and the women's group, etc. And now, when when Jewish people are under attack, those allies are not standing up for Jewish people. They're standing up and defending the terrorist actions of Hamas. Well said, my friend. Well said. Well, it's an excellent piece, and you get into morality, and uh, everyone should read it, so I will post a link to it. Jennifer Stefano, the Commonwealth Foundation, and also a wonderful writer at the Philadelphia Inquirer. Always a pleasure, my friend. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Thanks for having me on. Rich Zioli, weekday afternoons, 3 to 7, Talk Radio 1210, WPHT, and on the free Odyssey app. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 